1: Welcome back to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast. Today, I'm very excited to introduce to you JJ Flizane. She is an empowerment strategist in mind-body-soul integration. That is just so many cool things combined. So I look forward to hearing more about how that works. But I met JJ actually at the New Media Summit. She also has several amazing podcasts. So we're going to hear a lot about how technology has changed her work in life. And I just want to welcome you. Welcome, JJ. Thanks, Heidi. Thanks for having me. So can you tell us a little bit about what is an empowerment strategist and how does that work?
2: Well, when we think of the term empowerment, Empower means to come from our own internal place of power, something that gives me fuel, something that I can influence or have control over in a certain way. I kind of look at life as you have two choices. You can be a victim or you can be the victor. You can be proactive or you can be reactive. You could also be empowered or you could, again, just be the victim. You either think life happens to you or you are the creator of your own reality. And so when it comes to being an empowerment strategist, many times people don't realize myself included on the journey, as we continue to expand and evolve, we find places where we didn't even realize we may have been giving our power away, which could lead to depression, to not having success in different areas of life, to having miscommunication relationships, to not finding the right kind of health and wellness and weight loss program for you because the approach that you're taking is disempowering and coming from a victim mentality versus being able to turn that around and feel empowered by
1: all of your choices so that you can get to the results that you want. And so key in today's world, because we get so caught up in just getting by every day. I think what you're doing is really very important for all of us to learn how to thrive. So you came from the if I remember correctly, you come from the personal trainer world. How has that what was that transition for you and coming into the work that you're doing now?
2: Well, the way that I was taught to think about personal training in terms of the questions to ask about, let's say, someone's goals, the way their body was already put together and any kind of hindrances, the fitness level they're currently at, the way I was just taught to structure that mindset about thinking about creating a program for somebody, I found over the years was the same questions that you could ask any area of your life. And it's funny because now I'm not even thinking of those questions. Like, what are those questions? But it's like, what is the goal? And that's the first one. (laughs) What is the goal? Because everyone's goal is different. And and you can really uncover a lot of information in different areas of life. So the personal training really after I learned science and realized I was smart and that I actually had a working left brain that could memorize and deconstruct things and reconstruct things in my mind because math and science were never my forte in school. But once personal training came into my life and I started to learn the science of the body and I was good at it, I realized that my capacity to learn was very good based on asking some of these questions. And so it just begged more questions. I'm a problem solver. I'm an excellent problem solver. And when you give me the information, I usually can figure out ways around or through or outside of the box, so to speak. And so now I have all this data and information on personal training, but I'm having people come and have problems like you know they're not they're not losing weight or they have pain or they don't understand why they can't do that and so all of those questions just kept leading me down a path of asking why and learning more and finding new tools in order to solve their problem and you can't disconnect weight loss and health and personal training from health happiness spirituality and cognitive behavior because everyone knows stuff everyone knows they're supposed to do certain things or maybe what clean eating is I and mean, maybe not to the to the degree that i think people could learn that but you know they have an idea of what general healthy things are but the difference between knowing about it and doing it is where we get stuck in that mental emotional spiritual conversation so it was inevitably going to lead me down the path of asking more questions on a deeper level to satisfy why people don't get results or why they need or feel like they need to lose weight or why they're struggling with their self-image or or their self-esteem or why they're not happy. So that was inevitable. So the journey just sort of started surface in terms of exercise and weight loss and health. And it just got deeper and deeper as the years went on. I've been a personal trainer for 20 years.
1: That's awesome. I actually I don't know if I ever shared with you, but I was a personal trainer in my 20s. And I just loved working with the body and helping people really connect with their bodies because I think a lot of people are very disconnected from their bodies and don't realize how the emotional and all of the other pieces actually display in the body often. And so I I really appreciate the work that you're doing and connecting all those different pieces. I'm curious, I think I've mentioned to you before that my dissertation work was around using wellness wearables to really counter chronic conditions that were hindering people's ability to be fully present in their work. Mm-hmm. And what kinds of tools do you use with your clients beyond sort of the the gym workspace or the diet workspace that might be technology-based?
2: Well, my go-to technology piece has always been a heart monitor. And even more than I don't, I have not gotten into Fitbits for a couple of reasons, but I use a heart rate monitor to track someone's efficiency of their workout. And it's something you only wear while you're doing your workout. It's not, you can wear the watch part all day long as a watch, but you wouldn't put the chest strap on all day to track your movement and your heart rate all day long. But it's because I'm about the efficiency. People think that if the longer they work out or, you know, if they do more steps, it somehow magically means they're going to lose weight or get more healthy and fit. And sometimes you do, but you'll plateau because it's not necessarily an efficient way of getting in exercise. And most people also don't have a lot of time or think they don't have a lot of time or are unwilling to spend time doing these things. And so I want to make sure they get their biggest bang for their buck. So definitely a heart rate monitor is something I encourage people to use, not only for efficiency, but also for safety. I've worked with several clients who are older and have lots of stress and find, especially male clients who don't realize how high their blood pressure is, how high their heart rate is just doing simple things. So I've been able to help people not get hurt or have a heart attack uh, and make sure that they address some of these deeper health issues so that they can live a healthier life and not have something like that happen. So I definitely think for safety reasons too, it's a great tool. But beyond that, quite honestly, and maybe a couple apps I like to make sure people choose things that work for them and not try to give people apps or devices that are outside of their comfort zone completely like they don't it's something that they would never really get into because it's counterintuitive to how they work. I use more astrology actually to try to find what would work for somebody because tracking things for some people is it's not going to happen. They're not going to write things down. They may or may not wear a device and maybe they will. So I just try to find what the person's psyche is and mental capacity and desire to track and then try to fit things in there that are appropriate. And I'm not the go-to expert in that. I would definitely refer to you or someone like Josh Trent who studies that and who understands all of those different habits and patterns in technology that I don't to find the right fit, but I would not be the go-to expert in that.
1: But it's always fascinating to see what people come across. But uh, so the astrology piece, I wasn't aware of that. Tell me more about how the astrology piece works with understanding how to match people with the right tools.
2: Well, your astrology is your like energy, emotional, interpret the world blueprint. And in fact, I had a conversation today about someone I may get into business with and I asked him for all of his birth information so I could do his chart. And he said, that is the first time anyone has ever asked for that. And I said, well, welcome to my world because the compatibility of you and I is very important if we're to move forward and I need to understand how you work. So the astrology... You know, when you're born, you the planets are a certain alignment in the sky and their relationship to each other versus a relationship to the earth creates a gravitational pull, which can affect how you behave and how you interpret the world and how you are sort of formed. It's your energy blueprint as far as I'm concerned. So someone who looks at the world from let's say they're an earth sign. And earth signs, they're known for stability and financial stability, especially, but also having safety come from their environment. So maybe it's your space or maybe it's a group of people or a certain tribe or a ritual of every Friday, you go to the same place for dinner with the same people. Earth signs tend to love that stability versus on the flip side, fire signs love the freedom and fire signs don't want a box and they don't want that stability. They want excitement and movement and constant movement. So we have different energies that play out in our personalities and how we interpret the world, how we communicate, how we relate to others. And so for me, what's also important to figure out if and what device they may or may not use would to be able to look at those energies. So someone who's an air sign has a lot of air in them is very technical. They love that space of ideas and thoughts and thinking, and especially computers <laughs> and coding and devices. So someone who's an air sign is going to love devices. They're going to love tracking things because, for the most part, now if they're ADD and an air sign, we may have an attention issue. But you know, we have to combine all the different information that we know about somebody, just try to match what the right thing is for them instead of forcing people who never will commit. I mean, me and spreadsheets, Uh uh-uh. Can I read them? Yes. Do I make them? Sometimes. Do I like them? Not at all. The boxes are too small and it makes my heart rate starts to go up and I feel trapped. (laughs) So, So for me... I appreciate them. I have learned how to use them. I always make the boxes bigger, but you have to, you have to cater to someone's sort of natural energy system in order for them to be accountable to do it and to actually have it work.
1: So true. And actually it was funny as you're describing your reaction to spreadsheets. I think I remember that you use, is it a flip phone or it's not a smartphone though? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. It's a flip phone. It's a flip phone. I mean, I love flip phones. I think I told you that I had, you know, when we were still living in Sweden, but coming back and forth to the US a lot, I had a flip phone for years that I used just when I came to the US. And it felt so it was a it was delightful to just have that dumb phone. (laughs) that was really just a phone and text, really basic text. So I, I certainly appreciate that. So which sign are you? what does that align? With? I'm a Pisces. You're a Pisces. Okay. And that's the one. I've
2: got a lot of Sag, uh, a lot of Sagittarius. So I've got a lot of fire a lot of energy, but I also can burn out quickly if I'm too distracted. And that's part of the reason why, well, I had, honestly, it's just a preference. I love my little flip phone because I know me and I, I it, although of course I say this now, I don't like the size of a regular smartphone. I don't like how I have hex on it. My finger pads feel too fat for it. It just annoys me. I don't like that it's open face. I don't like everything about a smartphone except its capabilities. I appreciate its capabilities. I just don't like it. I have an iPad. And honestly, I carry my iPad around with me and I don't care. I prefer my iPad. I want my iPad to be a phone <laughs> because it's easier for me And I like it better. And so I I definitely have the technology down when it comes to using my iPad. But I have become distracted. I got cell service or data service on my iPad. And now I am distracted. My fear with my phone is it's too easy to be texting and driving. It's too easy to want to check your email while you're driving. It's too easy to check your email when you're doing something else. I can multitask very well. I shouldn't be multitasking all the time. And that was one of the reasons why I didn't originally get a smartphone was because I didn't want the capability of checking my email all day long. So it was more of a control thing. Now now I'm having to act to really force that control with an iPad because now that I have data on it, I'm having the same issue. So I made the choice to move forward with the technology and use my iPad, but now I have to insert the discipline and the the trust that and the accountability, if you will, to not be distracted by it.
1: Well, and that's really the important part is building that conscious behavior rather than being driven by unconscious behavior when we're working with technology. And it seems like you're very conscious about how you engage with it and when it's, you know, and sort of building proper boundaries around it. So kudos to you for accomplishing that. And I hope you're able to continue that even with your connected iPad rather than just being (laughs) Wi-Fi.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we're going to take a really quick break just to hear from our sponsor and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Oscar Wellness. When pain stops, life begins. Oscar Pulse mimics the body's own recovery processes to relieve pain, muscle stiffness, and inflammation using optimized pulsed electromagnetic field technology, PEMF to encourage recovery at a cellular level so you can get back to life. And I got to tell you, this thing works so well, my husband and I are fighting over it. So I highly recommend you take a moment and try it out. They have all kinds of options for checking it out, and they've even given us an opportunity to share a discount with you, $55, by using the 2BU code on the Oscar Wellness site. You can check out the show notes to get more details. And we're back. So JJ, you're California based and obviously, you know, as most people know, California is very focused on the culture is really around health and fitness and trying new things. Do you find that because I believe your clientele and certainly your audience for your podcast is much wider spread than California? Do you find any disparity in how people think or how people receive empowerment and integration of mind, body, soul? Well, I definitely have a bigger audience in California that I know
2: about in terms of the people who I've worked with over the years and some of the innately California things that happen here when it comes to consciousness and from the churches and the different kind of spiritual practices that happen here in meditation and in Big Sur, there's esalen and there's you know meditation retreats all the time. And so California is sort of known to be that sort of crunchy granola, woo-woo place. So for that reason, I know I have a large audience in California, but what I've learned through my podcast and through breaking up and rebranding my show into different shows, my spirit, purpose, and energy show has been really fun to find people all over the country and out of the country that also are attracted to this information. I don't think that it's as large of an audience per state or per location as it is in California, but what it does is give me an idea that in all parts of the country, places that I would never have thought more spiritually minded, law of attraction, meditation, conscious, mindful people would be who are searching for this information have connected with me and become part of my tribe. And now it's broadened my awareness of how people receive me all over the place. And so it's really cool because I know that's again, I could say in the health and wellness space, that is everybody or at least a large part of the population, very, very many people. And the spirituality stuff that I do is is a much, much, much smaller group of people, but much more focused and much more dedicated to the path that I've laid out for myself and for others and, uh, and a very loyal tribe. So I'm enjoying finding uh, how people connect with me all over the place, and usually the the common denominator are things like astrology, numerology, love attraction, chakra work, meditation those are some of the key words spirituality that get people to find me
1: and in terms of finding you and building your tribe, clearly podcasting and I, I believe you have several best selling books as well what do you feel has been your own journey in terms of getting comfortable with the technology and using technology as a way to expand your voice and have greater resonance in your tribe and your community? How's that journey been?
2: Well, I don't have an aversion generally to technology. I just did to the phone because I didn't like the size of it. In fact, if you can find me a flip phone, that's a smartphone, (laughs) I will buy it. Uh, One that's less than $1,500 though. I did find one for like almost two grand and I thought that's a little excessive. Uh, But if it flips and it's small and I can still do all the same things I do on my iPad, I would be happy to have one. So when it comes to technology, I, like I said, I just need time to learn something when it's something I'm interested in. So when I learned about podcasting, I gave myself six months to learn how to, to audio edit, to learn how to video edit, to learn how to record, to work these devices that we're using right now, find the right kind of mic, schedule my interviews, learn about the marketing, build a website, which by the way, I did not build the website, but, uh, have somebody great for that but I was not averse to learning and once I started to learn the technology of audio editing cuz I still audio edit my own audios and it's not something that I have a problem delegating in my mind it's that I have a problem delegating it for content because I cut things out or piece things together that someone else can't do because of the background of what I have versus just a regular editor and I'm I'm pretty anal about my uh, audio sometimes in terms of the quality of the ums and the ahs and the things in between that I don't like that some people do too much of. And I don't want them to have my listeners not listen because they're not a well-versed speaker. So I try to clean it up as much as I can. So technology in that way, the podcast was a real game changer. It became an outlet for me. I utilized that technology to really, in a very safe way, test my concepts and theories. I had a six-day-a-week show when I first started, the Fit to Love podcast, and it was video and audio. So the technology of podcasting allowed me to do both on the same channel. Now, I wasn't a podcaster then, so I didn't understand that, that was a bad idea. <laughs> I had to learn the hard way. That was a bad idea because people don't want to download, and I wasn't even uploading my videos at the right file size. So here I have the issue that I'm loading up really high quality videos that who wants to download them to their phones, it takes up too much space. But I didn't know that because I don't have a smartphone. So I had to learn the hard way how what I was doing was not helping me in some ways. So over the years, I've taken this platform and this technology and learned how to use it in different ways and leverage it in different ways, like creating six different shows instead of one. And it's a game changer, absolutely changed how I reach people who I reach And the tribe I've built and the things that I'm now providing for that tribe. And it's allowed me to expand my brand and even who I am into into what I think I might have been afraid to step into before. You know, you need that sort of social proof that what you're talking about, someone cares about. I care that what I'm talking about is interesting to me. But if no one consistently is listening over a long period of time and my branding is good, then that technology is going to show me that maybe I'm not onto something yet. Maybe there's a, a link missing. So podcasting and this platform has allowed me to test many concepts and showed me what people want for me and where I'm in alignment with my purpose and how easy it can be when you find that little uh, groove that you can, that niche that you can set into. And I would say the technology of podcasting and all parts of it have changed my entire life. And you'll hear more about that later on every level from my relationships to my business, to my financial, to my, uh, even just how I see myself in the world. My first event came out of my podcast because I finally felt that I gave myself permission based on the feedback I was getting and the success I was having to step into something that otherwise I think I would have gotten kickback for, or maybe I would have been afraid to get kickback. So technology in this way has definitely helped
1: grow me as a person and has really changed my life in so many ways. That's awesome. So uh, you can't drop a bomb like that and not give us more. So what do you mean it's changed your life and we're going to hear more about this? What's going on? Yeah. Well, it, there's a couple different things
2: and, and that's why they're not ready to be unveiled, but they will be. And, uh, and you will probably personally know at the end of June and, uh, and then the rest of people will find out later. And when it comes to business stuff, definitely I, again, when, when you learn how to use this kind of technology or any kind of technology, I think for a lot of people, they get too overwhelmed. And while I'm not my brain, I'm not a lot of air. I have some air in me. My brain doesn't work like that. If I look at someone coding on a computer, I literally will be brain dead for the day. Like I cannot follow coding. I just can't. And so I know that about me. So I try not to follow along or try to learn it because my brain does not work that way, like spreadsheets. But what my brain does do when I learn something like audio editing and I get it, now I have new neural pathways to expand into new things. And now my ability to learn translates into if I have an idea about something and I don't know the how, I go, but I can learn it Mm -hmm. because I learned that So I can learn anything. I now know I can learn anything. So it's not a big deal if I have an idea and I have an idea, a product that actually you and your husband are helping me with. That's the other thing that's changed is that now that I have the ability to learn how to podcast and do all the editing and all the technical stuff, I feel very confident in my ability to learn how to take a product to market in another way. That's going to be a game changer too. This Learning this technology has not only helped with this technology, but with my ability to know that anything that I think of that I'm passionate about, I can probably learn how to do because if I can do this,
1: I can do that. Absolutely. So I'm curious, because so how do you build your own boundaries in recognizing what things would be good to delegate and what things you do yourself? Because it sounds like you do all your production pieces, somebody else does your website, sort of what's your sort of trigger that, okay, maybe this is something I should delegate and or something that maybe you just love doing and you continue doing it yourself?
2: Well, on some of the marketing pieces on the automation and the Twitter stuff, and I've got someone who helps me update websites, and she helps to do all the back end of my funnels and put that stuff up, and she connects all of the different platforms together for me. I, a couple of years ago, reached out on social media asking for someone who very specifically knew three different programs that I was using, because while I knew I could find someone who did each one of them, I wanted someone who could connect them all together. I reached out for that and I found that person and she's been my VA ever since. And I work with a couple different VAs because they all do different things. I have whole teams of people. So I delegate as much as I can afford to and as much as that I can get off my plate that doesn't require me and my expertise. When it's someone who with the audio editing, I've been offered even like at no cost. I've been offered, hey, someone wants to help me do some audio editing. It's not about the cost. I can't give it to you because you don't know what I want. I have to listen to the episode again to record the beginning of it, to know what I'm going to create for the images and the marketing, to know what I want to promote in the newsletter. Could I hire someone else to do all that? I could but they don't have my brain and they don't have my positioning or my strategic aligning with my event that's coming up or with a product that I have or, or people who I have in mind who need to listen to this, or who I can share it with. So it's just a part of my process. So in terms of figuring out what to delegate, delegate as much as you possibly can afford to of the things that are not in your wheelhouse of your expertise.
1: So true. So true. I think there's so many different possibilities now of different ways that we can do things. I find that my ultimate challenge with technology is I can do a lot of things, but there's a lot of things I probably shouldn't be doing because they are basically time sucks. So just because you can doesn't mean you should when it comes to doing your business. And technology is definitely... For me, I find there's a big challenge there with those boundaries because I can. Sometimes I get caught up in doing things I can that I probably shouldn't. But I like the idea of what you did with your VA and really finding someone that understands how to integrate the different pieces that you're using. Because I think that's another big challenge is there's so many different technologies. If you're hiring someone to do just one piece and they don't know how to integrate it with the others, then it's kind of useless.
2: Or expensive. Then you're going to have to pay three people to talk to each other to do anything. Yeah. And a lot of more technical VAs these days know all these different platforms. It's important to find somebody who knows all of what you're doing and more. So that
1: way, in case you change, they can follow and they can help you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have a bunch of different podcasts. Can you just go through those real quickly so people know where to find you if they're interested in different parts of your work? Sure. Sure. Well, you can find all of them on my
2: website at jjflazanes.com forward slash shows. There are six active shows. Well, there's kind of like seven or nine, but whatever. Anyway, (laughs) I'll just go over the main ones. There's the, the original show called Fit to Love, and that is still active every week. And that is a video and audio show, but it's now down to instead of six days a week, it's just once a week. And the once a week is now just audio. But in the beginning, if you want to find all of the shows, there's probably over four or 500 shows now. And go back into the archives there. You have some cooking shows and exercise shows as well within the first two seasons and 350 shows. Past that, then it's all audio. But if you just want to look for very specific information, I've got a podcast that's video called Smart Exercise. And that's about learning proper form for exercise for your joints, not getting hurt, making sure you're building muscle efficiently. And it's just teaching you about the exercises, what you would do for each muscle group, how to connect to that muscle with your brain, what proper form looks like. And then going from there. So that's the exercise show, Smart Exercise. It's video and you can find it on the podcast or you can go to YouTube. I also have another video show called Easy Paleo Gluten and Dairy-Free Cooking. That's another video show. In fact, I just had Layla Ali come and film a couple of her recipes from her latest cookbook. So I'm excited to share that on the show. And that again is exactly what it sounds like, Easy Paleo Gluten and Dairy-Free Cooking. Because if it's not easy, people aren't going to do it. And then we move to the audio shows. So my most popular audio show is called spirit purpose and energy. And that is about law of attraction, astrology, numerology, life purpose, chakras, intuition, meditation, anything surrounding connecting us on a higher level and then bringing us inside to have a happier, more successful conscious life. And so spirit purpose and energy, you can find on any platform that you use for podcasts. The next most popular show is my. Relationship show called Women, Men, and Relationships. And both of those shows are going to go to two days a week starting in June. They're currently a one day a week. Then we move to Nutrition and Alternative Medicine. And that one has had the least amount of stuff on it recently. But eventually they're all going to get repurposed exactly for the title that they say they are. And then once they're all repurposed, I will see which ones are going to stay. For sure, Spirit, Purpose, and Energy will stay. For sure, Women, men, and relationships will stay. And because of longevity, for sure, fit to levels stay. The video shows and the Nutritional Alternative Medicine, we'll see. But you can always find an updated list of what is active and things that are just sitting there waiting for you to find them on com forward slash shows.
1: Wow. You have got a lot of stuff going on. So if you even have downtime, what do you do in your downtime?
2: Wine tasting, traveling, <laughs> dancing creating new products, spending time with friends, cooking, <laughs> grocery shopping. I definitely love, I love, uh, I hate shopping. I'm not a shopper, but there's one place you can find me for hours. It's either in a farmer's market or, or Whole Foods.
1: I <laughs> love it. Now, wine tasting, definitely. And I think actually we've got some mutual friends that are launching a wine tasting podcast. That should be really fun coming up with uh, Michael Neely and Melanie Benson. All kinds of great stuff happening. And so if people want to experience your work live, I know you've done some live events as well. Do you have anything coming up that people can look to find you? And I assume you probably have that information. Yes, I've got my... Yeah. Tell us where we can find you. Yeah. Again, digitflazanes.com will have the list of events. There are two
2: events. The next one is September. 20th through the 23rd in Los Angeles called The Next Big Step. And in fact, Melanie is one of my presenters and Michael's also one of my presenters for the January event called Releasing What Weighs You Down. The January event, Releasing What Weighs You Down, that's like a detox. That's like a letting go. We clear inherited emotional DNA. We look at habits and patterns that have been weighing you down both physically, emotionally, and spiritually that you want to release and not have with you for the new year. That's why it's in January. The next big step, which is in September, the next big step is about that breakthrough. It's about that expansion that you're afraid to take or that you don't think you know how to get there or that you keep telling yourself you can't do or that things are good enough as they are, but you secretly want more in the areas of relationships, money and health. So the next big step is really going to take us and catapult everybody to the next level where you know that you can have what you want and we're going to we're going to help you break through whatever stopping you from getting it or at least starting the process.
1: They both sound like great events. Well, so folks can find you if they go to jjflusane.com, and I assume that there's all kinds of information about the different things that they can do, work with you, follow your work. Yep. Before we go, I want to just find out what are your favorite technologies to use in terms of, do you use any meditation apps or any particular things that, that you have used that have helped support your own well-being? I hold a manifestation challenge. It's a free 30-day manifestation challenge
2: every couple months. We're just finishing up. Actually, today is the last day of the current challenge, and the next one is until August. And I've had to create audios for people. And it's funny because I don't have an app for it, but I probably would like to get one in the future, I provide some free audios for people to use during the challenge, but I've created seven others. And sometimes I'll just use those, which is actually kind of powerful because it's me. So it's me telling me, you know what I mean? Like I'm talking to my own subconscious mind to make those shifts, which is actually really cool. But sometimes when I'm not using my own stuff, I will use podcasts. There are several podcasts out there that do five minute meditations or guided meditations. There isn't really an app that I have. I know that there are people who I work with that have experienced certain apps, and I'm sure there's a lot of great ones out there. I just use either podcasts or my own stuff for meditation. I have used some new apps for things like budgeting, which was kind of cool, but I need to take a class in the one that I have because it's so opposite of how I think. I see the benefit, but I'm not in it yet. But again, I can learn. So I see the value in it. And when it comes to any other apps that I have used in the past, I've used a few like tracking apps for food and stuff. I don't really do that as much anymore, but I think it's a great way for people to who don't really understand the food they eat, to just be accountable for it. It's not imperative. It's not something that I think should be a long term thing. But it definitely is a great education for people who want to start to learn about what it is they put in their mouth and how it affects their body.
1: Absolutely. Just building that self-awareness is so important. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of tracking. Uh, I've just been building a tool recently that's helping people build more of an awareness around their use of technology and how they integrate it. And sometimes it only takes a couple of weeks of tracking and then you don't need it after that. So that self-awareness is key. You know what, this has been just such a treat having you on the show today. Do you have any final words for our guests to Sort of inspire them to go forth and be mindful and empowered? Well, I have the free challenge for anyone that wants
2: to be on the next one in August. And you can just go to jjflazanes.com. That's J-J-F-L-I-Z-A-N-E-S.com. There's a tab that says free tools and resources, and that's the place to find it. So again, it's technology. We're using Facebook as the group in which you have to enter to be accountable. And we're using technology in the way of the access to the free audios to use and all the other materials provided is through the computer and on a coded website that you have access to for the month. But if you are wanting to make a change in your life in any way, you can definitely come into that group and see what we can do to help you break through those mental and emotional barriers and resistance. Other than that, I would say figure out what you need the most and find a way to get some tools, whether it be technology or accountability, to Dedicate yourself to figuring that out. If it's important to you, do what you need to to make it happen.
1: Awesome! Thank you so much. And it has been such a treat having you today on the show. And I'm sure our guests have enjoyed it as well. I look forward to watching for your exciting news coming up and we'll make sure that in the show notes we have uh, a way for people to find you and find your work. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to connecting with all of you again next week and we'll catch you then. Bye-bye for now.